You are listening to an SAFM podcast, 104 to 107 nationwide. Stream us live on www.safm.co.za or via the SABC Plus app. SABC News, independent and impartial. Let's go to this conversation now. The Department of Mineral Resources and Energy this week announcing the discovery of gas reserves in Amersfoort in Pumalanga province. Now, welcoming the find, the department said the Kinetico Energy, an Australian gas explorer that focuses on commercializing advanced shallow conventional gas and coal bed methane projects, confirmed the discovery of 3.1 billion cubic feet of maiden gas reserves. Now, natural gas forms part of the energy mix that is envisaged in the Integrated Resource Plan, South Africa's blueprint policy for electricity generation. Now, the department also says that gas provides the flexibility necessary to run the country's current electricity generation system in a cost-effective manner. And uh, we are expecting to speak to the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy spokesperson, Makosonke Butelezi, who, of course, will give us an indication from their vantage point about the significance of this particular discovery to tell us exactly how is it all going to work, the role of Kinetico Energy, Afro Energy, as well as the IDC in this particular exploration, and what they also say about the community aspect of this. Was the community consulted? Is the community aware of what is about to happen in their, you know, their own communities at the same time, some of the concerns that are being raised by environmental groups who are saying that we should not be doing this. But let me take some of your um, comments this morning now on gas. Um, Steve Gareth saying, if only that's beneficial to the people of the surrounding area and the de- development of Mbomalanga as a whole. But... Alice, we know it's going to be an eating spree, which will ultimately be to the detriment of the resident of that province and continued lack of development of that province. And on the box, um, yes, the boys are ready. I mean, they were all over the All Blacks and from the get-go, the All Blacks were behind the speed of the game, resulting in frustrations, yellow cards, red cards. Can we defend our title? I'd say it's a 50-50 chance. But the boys are ready for the World Cup. Now, obviously, the discovery of that gas reserve should be welcome to all the nations following the acute shortage of electrical energy in the country. Pollution that uh, the plant will bring to the nearby communities will have to be prevented in one way or another to avoid health hazards. That's Willie in Kuma. And uh, we also have... uh, um, one of our listeners as well named R saying good morning with grave concern took note of autocratic line in BRICS plus Chinese business school in Tanzania for SADC given the Zim disaster plus ANC tendencies and interesting we'll also be touching on the what's happening in Zimbabwe because that is a concern when we received that report on the election itself and what exactly is going on there. A concern, but stay tuned to the show for as we're going to be having this conversation. We're struggling to get the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy spokesperson, Marcos Onkebutelezi, but let's speak to environmental groups who are unhappy with the discovery and uh, have highlighted the negative polluting effects that fossil fuels have on efforts 
to protect the environment and limit climate change. Let's now speak to Lied Govansami from the Center for Environmental Rights. Lied, good morning to you and thank you so much for your time. Government excited about this discovery, saying it's quite significant and they want to make sure that they capitalize on this. But you are not as, as, as excited as they would be. Let's talk about that. Good morning, and definitely we have concerns about um, this discovery. And I want to start off by saying that even from the DMRE's own policy and approaches to the development of renewable, renewable energy, this particular gas discovery and the exploitation of this discovery undermines our renewable energy plans. Um, and by that I mean that the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy has recently released our South African uh, Renewable Energy Master Plan. And that master plan starts off by saying, renewable energy provides the least cost avenue to generate electricity. And very importantly, in that plan, it's, it speaks a lot about fostering local demand for renewable energy. Um, so in our view, the DMRE in supporting gas development and reducing demand for renewable energy um, is undermining its own policy, its own approach to uh, energy security. Um, in addition, if you think about what um, uh, you know the, the cost of this is going to be um, and the time that it's going to take to build this gas infrastructure, you've got to question whether or not this actually addresses South Africa's energy security needs in the short or medium term. You know, the Presidential Climate Commission has also said that we only need about three to five gigawatts of peaking support of gas at low utilization. So there's not really a need for gas in order to address energy security. The reliance of the DMRE on our IRP 2019, which is going to be revised this year, as we understand, is also very difficult to understand. Because, again, you know, not only locally, where the DMRE has, as itself said that renewable energy is our best option, but um, the International Energy Agency and economists, energy economists have said already in 2021 that they, there should be no new oil, gas or coal developments if we are to meet um, our climate targets um, and are very concerned about methane emissions which are very, very potent um, greenhouse gas uh, emissions. And so for a variety of reasons, uh, gas does not make sense for South Africa. Um, and, and even from uh, an industrial perspective, so mm -hmm. let's say we agree that gas does not make sense for um, the, the electricity industry or for power generation, mm. it also does not make sense for industry. Uh, we were hoping to speak to the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy, but the spokesperson, Marcos Onkebutelezi, is unfortunately not available at the moment. We'll try to bring you this conversation, even if it means uh, rolling it over to tomorrow. But we are in conversation with uh, Lian Govansami from the Center for Environmental Rights. Lian, thank you so much for staying with us. One of the things that is, you know, very clear here is that if this issue is not handled correctly, particularly on multiple fronts, 
it could have some serious impacts. And I want us to start before we even get to the community front, before we even get to the financing models and the cost that might be involved thereof. But let's talk about the, the, the emission of this methane gas. If not handled correctly, there might even be trouble for the community that is residing uh, in in that neighboring, um, you know, particular place where they found the reserves. Of course, you know, gas leaks um, are a major concern. You know, if we look at some of the statistics, um, in June 23, uh, so so this year, it was reported that there were over 2,600 hazardous gas pipeline leaks in the United States, which caused about four billion US dollars in damages and emergency services and killed 122 people. So, and released about 26 billion cubic feet uh, feet of of fuels, methane or carbon dioxide. And so you can see what the difficulties are because a lot of times these gas leaks cannot be easily detected. And so in terms of the health and safety of local communities, um, and the uh, probability of these leaks, these are quite significant concerns. Um, and that's before you even get into, um, you know, like you say, the issues around other environmental and social concerns, as well as looking at, you know, the role of the IDC, the fact that this company is an Australian company, um, and the fact that, um, they're, you know, from our experience in, in dealing with other gas, um, related uh, exploration and projects, there are major concerns by farmers and by local communities. Mm, and, and and I wonder then, what does this then mean for the community? Um, because one of the things is that firstly, they will need to be notified. They will need to also, in one way or another, listening to one of, of, our, of our listeners today who says that, it's not only even on a danger perspective, but also if there are job opportunities that must be created, that also needs to be mitigated by government and make sure that they are just as involved. And I wonder for you, how concerned are you about the you know, local South African companies being incorporated into this project? Look, ultimately, you know, there's, there's a couple of things. Well, like I've said, right, mm. firstly, from a national economic perspective, you would have expected the IDC in particular to be doubling down on its investment in renewable energy for all the reasons I've explained. Mm, mm. You know, the International Energy Agency has said that if we um, reduce emissions and drastically uh, cut emissions, um, and they're talking about halving emissions uh, by 2030, that this does not cause um, any kind of negative economic impact. In fact, it has a positive economic impact, right? It doesn't cause an economic burden. And so that then brings us to the fact that in other gas projects um, that we've been looking at, um, the the reports, the, the socioeconomic reports also speak to the fact that this is not an industry that produces a lot of sustainable jobs. Um, and so you've got to reckon with that, right? Mm. The fact mm. that um, there, there are probably, you know, we don't fully understand in relation to this project, but I'm speaking specifically to our experience with, with previous projects. Uh, we need to really question uh, the number of jobs that will be created, especially for local communities. Mm. Um, we've got to look at the impact on underground water. In other projects, again, um, the impacts on, on shallow aquifers, 
we're hugely underestimated in the uh, environmental impact and social assessments that were done. And, you know, when we obtained our own expert input um, and reports on this, uh, the extent of uh, the lack of attention to those kinds of impacts was highlighted. And I want to say that we should be considering overall a new vision for South Africa in relation to our just transition, our just energy transition, a vision that sees communities benefiting from developments, but developments that they want, that um, enables food and water security, that enables sustainable jobs, not just now, but for generations to come. And if we want that kind of vision, the DMRE needs to support its own policy on renewable energy. Uh, and we need to be able to see a new way of um, uh, obtaining and supporting energy generation in, in the country and supporting um, you know, the protection of our natural resources. So, you know, I think ultimately there are a number of considerations that do not support uh, gas developments. Um, you know, again, I must go back to this IEA or the International Energy Agency. They've said already in 2021, no new oil, gas or coal developments if we are to meet our climate targets. And we cannot ignore these facts and the science behind this. Um, if we are to, uh, as a country, also just meet our climate commitments in terms of the Paris Agreement. And finally then, Leanne, there's, there's also concerns that, you know, if we do the just energy transition migration, and if I may call it that in, in inverted commas, mm -hmm. some are saying that if we do it drastically, it could result in serious job losses in the industry. And, and, and some are also arguing that, be that it is it, as it may, there are still some job opportunities that will be created even as we move towards the just energy transition. And I wonder, what then do we make of all of that? Because there's still some concerns, um, particularly in the coal sector, about what this will mean for job losses. I think that's a really important question. And I want to say that we need to recognize that the coal-fired power stations that are closing down in terms of and that and that need to be closed down, those are being closed down in terms of ESCOM's own decommissioning schedule because those coal plants are old. They are not functioning well. And so those job losses were already going to occur because we have been reliant on old and um, uh, kind of dysfunctional technologies. Um, and so we need to recognize that and 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 prepare for those job losses, right? And that's what the GIST transition is trying to help us do. We're saying, how much do we need in order to prepare for these inevitable job losses? And if you look at what the DMRE's own South African Renewable Energy Master Plan says, we can be replacing those jobs with an entire new kind of green economy that is about manufacturing, local manufacturing related to renewable energy um, and supporting even the export of some of these um, RE components. And there are a number of new sectors uh, that we need to be focusing on that will create a, a greener and more sustainable economy for us. So in as much as there are concerns about job losses, I think those were inevitable and we need to be looking to the future and we need to be saying, we need to be supporting and aligning government policy across the board 
in order to really, really focus on RE manufacturing and other new green jobs that will be created in other sectors um, and, and recognize that this transition was also inevitable because even companies like ArcelorMittal, right, they are being forced through what is called a carbon border adjustment mechanism introduced by yeah. the EU to make green steel. So in order for our local companies to be competitive, we need to switch and we need to switch rapidly to new technologies that will support sustainable jobs. All right. Thank you so much, Leanne, for that. I appreciate it. That is uh, Leanne Govan-Sami from the Centre for Environmental Rights. You can find SAFM Current Affairs on 104 to 107 nationwide. Our podcasts are available for download on all our digital platforms. SAFM, leading the conversation.